Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you've got a message in tongues, wave your hand at me. Go ahead, Sister Ella, give that out. Now your praises rise to heaven. Do not think for one moment that they do not have an effect. Oh yes, yes, they release the provision. They release the anointing. They release that which you need. For as you praise and worship my name, I am quick to respond to your faith and to bring into your life everything that you have need of and help you possess that which I want you to have. So don't hold back on me in any way, but press in and glorify my name every day and you'll see my provision and blessing flow and you'll know what to do and where to go. Hallelujah. Thank you. I let your spirit get quiet for just a moment. Na preti shefa bangedi di stele nonde shifa para in ha 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 prakene in jebra da sefi minikish bangredi ba voza bradelebo brana ne ha 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 prote nor di shefa ha ho kretingi shifarido igringi ba sime mavredala ki sefa pateshe sure there is the fight of life Sure is that there is that that rises up against to oppress and come against you. For it is the desire of your enemy to steal your song, to steal your laugh, and the ha 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 that comes from the Spirit. But I'm here today to come up on you and to move in you, to restore that which you thought you've lost, to put the song back in your heart. And where the volume of your ha 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 has been so low, I want to turn it up today so that you will ha 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 and glorify me and know that I'm doing great things in your midst and rejoice and make sure that on the inside that true joy that is of the Lord is working and providing the strength that you need. Woo! Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! 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 So do not stand there with, with feet of stone stuck to the floor, but dance your victory dance and shout your victory shout and glorify the Lord today and He will bless you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now before you see, let me just say this and then we'll teach the word here real quick. So much in this world, in this world's system, brings so much pressure the crisis of life come, the battles we fight. And you know the world goes through the same thing. It, it, it's not that you're singled out because you're a, a believer or you've received something from God and now you're singled out for you know, some special assignment from the adversary. The whole world goes through these problems. But the world doesn't have any place to turn other than to things that destroy them. They turn to the drugs, the alcohol. Uh, they turn to their own ambition. They, they make tons of money. They do, But still there's no satisfaction. There's nothing there. It's hollow. But I'm telling you, your Heavenly Father loves you so much. He cares about you so much. 
And he wants, especially if you're fighting a fight, you're in a faith battle, whatever it is, he wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to know that the answer is already yours. You're, you're just in the fight right now. It's already yours. It's already been provided for you by Jesus through his redemptive work. Isn't that great? Isn't God good? Lift your hands one more time and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. We glorify your name. Oh, we thank you, Father. Now, now, Lord, just, just purge the anxiety, the, the worry, the woe, all of that which tries to come against people. Thank you that it's being purged now by your presence, by your joy, and by your peace. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A good word. First uh, Samuel 17, let's pick it up where we left off last week. Now we're studying the subject of faith. We've kind of moved over to what I would call faith in action, faith in its correct application. We looked at a little bit of healing, the woman with the issue of blood, how she was healed. Jairus, how he received his daughter raised from the dead. We've studied the principles of faith, which are very simple. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You need faith, go to the Bible. That's where it comes from. Amen. Primary way in which faith is released is through your confession. Secondarily, through your actions. Faith without works is dead. You must act on what you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Amen. Then there's a time of standing in faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, And having done all, stand. Anybody in a stand of faith right now? We are as a church, believing God to build that building. I'm telling you, uh, Lee and I were at the Architects a couple of weeks ago. We were surprised. It is an amazing... Listen, here, here, here on this property at, on 69th Street, we have 15,000 square feet. That building is 55,000 square feet. Just to kind of give you an image in your mind of what we're doing. Amen. And I'm telling you, it has some of the most beautiful furniture. We're going to honor God with that building. But I tell you, when the process starts, when they turn the first spade of dirt over there, I guarantee the, the dynamics of this church are going to change and change dramatically and change very quickly. And we as a church need to be ready for that. That's why we're teaching on faith on Wednesday nights. Actually, we got, what got us started on the Wednesday night teaching is part of our teaching on 1 Samuel out of David. How he had a character of faith. So we're teaching on the character that faith produces. Amen. Uh, if you're willing and obedient, being willing means you need to be submissive. You're either submissive or rebellious. Obedient has to do with your faith. You either have faith or fear. So thank God you can be a submissive faith person or a rebellious, fearful person. You choose. I hope everybody chooses right. Amen. But I guarantee you, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist. That means actively oppose the devil. And he will run in stark terror from you. You say, why? Because you have the nature of God, and God wants you to have the character of God in yourself also. Amen? Now, we read all the way down, studied all the way down in, in chapter 17, to where David said in verse 29, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Everybody say, a cause. Now, remember last week, we talked about your own personal cause, uh, the corporate cause of our local church, uh, uh, here, in, here in Galveston and, our, and, and the cause of what we do internationally. Uh, there is a cause, there is a reason that every one of you should be men and women of faith. Not only just believing God to overcome uh, the trials of life and that which comes against you as a believer, but also possessing that which God says you should have. Amen. Actually, you ought to fight your way out of all the things that are negative in your life and begin to possess. Everybody say, I'm a possessor. Say, I'm a faith possessor. 
See, God will give you the desire of your heart. But then you're going to have to go out and get that desire with faith. Amen. I mean, have a desire in your heart given by God. Well, then you've got to do something about that. You've got to go out there and you've got to get that desire by faith. Now, picking it up there, uh, verse 30 says, And he turned uh, from him towards another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered again after the same manner. And when the words which were heard, which David spoke, they, were re they rehearsed them before Saul, and Saul sent for him. Now, now remember kind of the, the, the foundation that we laid. David was a man, the Bible says, after God's own heart. Uh, he was called uh, 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 away from his father's house, from, from keeping sheep, to, to, to live in the, in, the, in the king's palace and bring refreshing and comfort to Saul. Saul had got into sin and the anointing or the Holy Ghost had left him. The Bible says in the, in, in the King James Version that a spirit from God, an evil spirit from God, that verb's in the permissive. That means God allowed it. But what happened was is the Holy Ghost left him and when the Spirit of God lefts you, leaves you, always an evil spirit tries to get on you. Well, Saul was tormented because of his sin. He got into trouble. He disobeyed God. And he needed refreshing. So David was there kind of on staff. The Bible says that, that, that Saul loved him and made him his armor bearer. But then Saul and the army, they all picked up and they took off and they went to, 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 the, to the, what is it, the Valley of Eli or one of those valleys and got into a battle with the Philistines. So this, this battle is going on and this huge giant, uh, some Bible scholars say he's 9 foot, others says he's 11 foot. Either way, that's big. Amen. I mean, that is a big... I don't know if you've ever had to talk up to somebody. Where were we the other day that big tall man was talking to? He used to play basketball for the Rockets. Car dealership. We, we, he, he's a seven foot tall. And I, you talk to him like this. We think two, two feet higher than that, you got to talk to him like this, you know. Now he came out and he displayed himself. You ever notice that's how the devil does? He loves to display himself. He loves details. He loves to show you all the different integral things of the problem. He likes to make you think, well, this is not going to happen and that's not going to happen. This, he, listen, he, that's just the way he is. And if you listen to him, you're going to end up just like the armies of Israel. The Bible says they were sorely afraid and greatly dismayed. And no matter how big your giant is, no matter what your giant, the giant is that you're facing, you cannot let him intimidate you. This entire army, including Saul, was intimidated. Now, through parental guidance, I'm sorry, say parental guidance. You say, now why, why do you use that term, Pastor Rusty? Because there is a protocol in God. David was under the authority of his father. He couldn't just break loose and go do what he wanted to. So under the instructions of his natural father, he ended up at the battle, and he basically came as a servant to deliver Subway sandwiches. <laughs> cheese sandwiches, whatever they were. I mean, he had loaves of bread and he had blocks of cheese. Now, he did responsible activity was part of his character. He didn't run off from the sheep he was keeping. He left them with a keeper. When he got to the battle, he didn't leave his dad's carriage in the way where the, where the battle could get the carriage and destroy it. He left it with a keeper. Then as he approached the battle and he began to see the same thing the army saw, hear the same thing the army saw, he responded differently. He said something like this, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That shows us his mind was on covenant. Now let me say that again. 
His mind was on covenant. Listen, if you're going to get a breakthrough by faith, you've got to keep your mind on covenant. The devil will do everything he can do to run thoughts through your mind, all kinds of ideas and ends. You've got to make a decision. The birds can fly over my head, but they can't build a nest in my hair. You've got to make a decision. Every negative thought that comes into your mind, you cannot resist that with a thought. You've got to speak God's word. You got to say, devil, it is written. I'm not falling for that old trick again. I'm not going to fall for your temptation. I'm not going to entertain your thought. Get out of my mind in Jesus' name. It will work if you'll do it. Let me try that again. I said, it will work if you'll do it. So, you know, he had a little blowback from his brothers. He overcame that by by the phrases there because now the king is sending for him. Now, notice what he said. He said, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Now now, now listen, that was the fact, but it wasn't the truth. David, Most Bible historians agree that David was around 17 years old at this time. Where am I 17 years old? Any 17-year-olds in here? You ought to be a giant killer. Amen? Now, now uh, he, he comes up to Saul. Now, just think about this. Saul is in, is in battle gear. He's got a helmet, a shield. He's got, he's got a, probably a coat of mail upon him. He's, he's probably got a big old sword in his, in, in, in his sheath. He's standing there, and David walks up dressed like what? Like a, like a shepherd boy. So here's this shepherd boy sitting there and, and, and Saul heard these words that he had said and first thing Saul says is you're not able. Now, now let me tell you something. It's not man that determines whether you're not able or not. Amen. Amen. It's God that determines whether you're able. And no matter what man may tell you, you've got to make a decision. I'm able in Jesus' name. And if you will make that decision, then know whatever, whatever the giant is that tries, tries to rise up in your life, you'll be able to overcome him. Now notice, David said unto Saul, Thy servant. Notice how David keeps using these terms. Thy, thy servant, thy servant. He always, he, listen, this guy's been anointed king. He's the next king of, uh, of the nation of Israel. But he continues to see himself in the light of a servant. Mm, that's an important point. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught, his beard, caught him by his beard, I smote him and slew him. Now notice this. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now, there are the lions and the bears of life that you have to overcome, that you have to destroy. You say, what? Well, they're the lesser fights. That's why, that's why many of the fights of faith that you fight, you have to fight. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, thank God, for, thank God for Sunday morning prayer time when we can lay hands on you and minister to you. Thank God for Wednesday night when we pray and lay hands on people. Thank God for special meetings when we do that. Amen. But listen, there are day after day after day when it's just you, the Word of God, and the devil. It's just you, the Word of God, and the attack. It's just you, the Word of God, and your faith. But I guarantee you, if you will stand on the Word of God, be bold, courageous, draw your strength from the Word, that spirit that's on the inside of you. Listen, the greater one is in you. 
I said, the greater one is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got to rise up in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm not going to be overcome. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to receive from my God in Jesus' name. You, you, listen, you've got to make a decision to do it. David, listen, he didn't come up there with a bunch of if, ands, or buts. There is a determination that faith produces. Amen? Uh, you know, we're, we're believing God for this building. We're standing in faith. We believe we receive. We know it's ours. But I've been around pastors in building programs that were so unsure of what they were doing. One of them, I walked in there, and they believed God for enough money to, uh, to uh, lay a foundation and put up some steel, and that steel sat there for two years. And the weeds grew up this high. Well, what, do you, what do you think happened to the church? The church just kept going down and going down and the pastor got discouraged. So Lee and I, we blew in there and I blew up. I got the pastor. I said, you go hire you somebody to mow that land. You get yourself down to the bank and you borrow some money. And he was like, well, I, I don't know if I can. I said, go down there and do it. God will give you favor. Get this thing done in Jesus' name. And that church went and mowed the grass, went to the bank, got a loan, finished the building and paid off the loan within two years. And the church exploded and God blessed it. You know, there are times you just got to rise up and do whatever you can do to defeat what stands in front of you. Now notice this. Verse 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised... He keeps referring to this guy as uncircumcised. Let's, let's use the word uncovenanted. He has no covenant. This uncovenanted Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord... Now, now I love this. Listen how, he, listen how he speaks. No wonder he's a man after God's own heart. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the, and out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. What? You've given the authority of our nation to a 17-year-old shepherd boy? Are you out of your mind? Now, that, 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 listen, that's not what might have happened. That's not what maybe happened. That is what happened. Saul heard something he recognized and saw something he recognized. Something that he did not have anymore. That spirit had left him. That anointed had left him. But it rested on this shepherd boy. And when that shepherd boy said, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and no giant on this planet is big enough to stop the living God, that's where his faith was, Saul knew this is our only chance. Mm-mm-mm. And Saul armed David with his armor put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor and essayed to go, for he had not yet proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not yet proved them. And David put them off him. Now, could you imagine how funny he must have looked? Because the Bible says that Saul was head and shoulders of everybody else in Israel. So he's this big old tall guy, and here's this little old shepherd boy. So he puts his helmet that probably came down on Brad's eyes right here. Put his, put his coat upon him, which probably hung off of his shoulders. Uh, put, gave him his sword, which probably drugged the ground. And David looked at that and he said, I hadn't proved any of this. Now let me just say this. This is such an important point. You need to hear this today. Use what you have proved. 
You don't need Pastor Rusty. You don't need uh, Pastor John Osteen or Brother Hagen. You don't need Brother Copeland. You need your faith. God needs you operating in your faith. Every one of you have proved some things by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, and by the anointing that's upon your own life. Prove what you know. Come on, church, prove what you know. You have an anointing. You have faith. You have that which God has given you. Prove it. Get out there and use it. So here goes David. Here goes David. Verse 40, here we go. He's going to do it. This guy is going to, this guy is going to do it. Everybody say, he's going to do it. I bet, that, I bet some of them soldiers are sitting around making bets. Ten minutes. He'll last five minutes. He'll last five seconds. You know, come on. You know how people are. Now notice, he took his staff in his hand, chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even a script, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, he begins to prepare. He grabs his, he grabs his uh, uh, staff. And he grabs his sling. And as he crosses that brook, that brook there, he looks in that brook and there's some pretty good stones in there for slinging with a sling. So he's got a plan. Now let me just say this. If you're in a fight of faith, physically, financially, whatever it may be, God will give you a plan. Everything that Leah and I have ever faced that was a daunting giant against us, God gave us a plan. But listen, we didn't just get it by just sitting around hoping it'd come. We had to seek, we had to ask, we had to knock, we had to get on our knees, we had to humble ourselves, we had to submit ourselves. And I'm telling you when that plan came, it did not sound like it would work at all. I'm telling you, everyone, that just that's just crazy. We can't do that. I remember one time on a certain uh, thing we were believing God for, and God literally gave us such a detailed plan that He showed us what time of the day to make a phone call. And we're like, they're going to laugh us off the planet. And you know what happened? It all worked. God's plans always work. They may sound abstract. They may go against the grain of your mind. But God's plans always work. So he got him five smooth stones. Now there's all kinds of teaching on the five smooth stones. He had four, he had four brothers. All four of those brothers were killed by David's mighty men. I could see him going and giving a stone to each man. Uh, the fivefold ministry that came by the New Testament. But you know, one of the things that I like to teach when I, when I teach on this is, is five smooth stones represented what would fit in the bag, which proved he was willing to go out there and at least take five shots. That means if I miss with the first one, I got four more. If I miss with the second one, I got three more. If I miss with the third one, I got two more. If I miss with a second one, I got one more. If I miss with one more, I know where the brook is. You cannot have any give up in you. I said no matter how big your giant is, you cannot have any give up in you. He's just unwilling to give up. Now notice this. He drew near to the Philistine. There must be an aggression in you. Don't you fight your fight of faith in defense. Don't you fight it back on your heels. Don't you fight it backing up. Amen. No matter what you may see on TV or on, or, on, or, on, or on any type of play or movie or anything like that or any kind of sports event. Listen, faith works best on offense. 
You get up and you get in that devil's face. You get up and you get in that problem's face. You declare your victory. You make a decision. I'm going to speak the word to you till you fall. I'm going to speak to this mountain till the mountain is gone. You make sure you're the aggressor and not the defender. Put the devil on the run. Put the sickness and disease on the run. Put it on the run. Mm-mm. So what the, what the Philistine, well, he just ran off because David drew near? No. The Philistine came on, drew near to David, the man that bare his shield before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was, a, for he was but a, a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? Now listen, listen, this is just how the devil will talk to you. Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now remember that. He cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Now here's just like the devil will do to you. Come to me. I'll give thy flesh to the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the field. Amen. He said, okay, come on. You're going to be an aggressor? You're going to be a fighter? You're going to be a faith fighter? You're going to overcome that disease? You're going to rise up against that? Well, just come on. Just come on. I'm going to put you flat on your back in the hospital. I'm going to put you in a bankruptcy court. Come on. That's how he talks to you. I guarantee I'm going to take your family. I'm going to ravage them. I'm going to take your children. I'm going to put them all on drugs. I'm going to mess with your mind. I'm going to, listen, you cannot afford to listen to the devil. There comes a point in your fight of faith when you just got to say, shut up in Jesus' name. I'm not going to entertain your thoughts. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen to you because everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie. You are a liar and you are the father of lies. I'm only going to listen to the truth of my father. How many like to get the last word? Now, if you're a faith person, you'll get the last word. Now, here goes David. Everybody say, last word. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Now listen to David's faith. This day. I'm going to let that sit. I'm just waiting on the Lord, Pastor. I tell you, I've prayed and believed God. I came to church twice last month. And we're just waiting for His blessings to come. You need to come more. (laughs) Then said David to the Philistine, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hands. I will smite thee. You need to say to cancer, I will smite you. You need to say to that bankruptcy, I will smite you. You need to say to that depression, I will smite you. You say, well, how are you going to do that? In the name of Jesus, I'll do it. The name that is above every name, I'll do it. That just makes me happy. I will smite thee. Take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth so that all the earth will know that David is a great faith man. Nope. This is what faith does. So that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now, 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 now he could have said something like this. Are you threatening me? <laughs> yesterday morning, was, I liked yesterday morning. I got up, it was raining, so the rifleman was on. I liked the rifleman. <laughs> and after that, 
Uh, uh, what was it that came on that John Wayne movie? Not McClintock, but the other one. Chisholm. I like Chisholm. Because, you know, Forrest Tucker plays the bad guy. And he's saying, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. And then John Wayne says to him, well, you know, if you do that, then, then I'm not coming to the governor. I'm not coming to the, to the, to the banker. I'm, not com- I'm coming to you. And Forrest Tucker leaned back and said, is that a threat? And I love one of my favorite parts of that movie. John Wayne reached back and said, boom, no. It's a promise. You got to get a little John Wayne in you, amen. When the devil rises up and says, that's a threat, you say, no, in the name of Jesus, it's a promise. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) That all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. Now listen, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. Now, The Bible says that Goliath, he cursed David by his gods. Everybody say, cursed David by his gods. Now remember, he kept calling calling Goliath, what? Uncovet, uncoveted, uncircumcised, uncoveted. Everybody say, uncoveted. So, when, when Goliath cursed David by his gods, David knew, you're done. Because I live under a covenant of my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather named Abraham, who God from heaven, God Almighty, swore unto him, I will bless those that bless thee, I will curse those that curse thee. Now notice. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, here's this aggression thing again, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Now notice. And David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone, slang it, smote the Philistine in the forehead, and the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the ground. So, everybody say so. Now this is what you, what you want next to your name is in your, in your prayer log, in your Bible study log, where you write your notes, it needs to be so, and then your name, and then the next word, prevailed. Did you get that? Amen. I think of Ted and Ella when, when the devil tried to steal Cody. Well, so, the brunts prevailed, and Cody's still alive. Come on, church. Come on, I can look around the auditorium other people. That, so, their name in there. Prevail. You've got to understand, that is the will of God for your life. It's for, between the soul and prevailed, it's for your name to be there. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get that in your spirit this morning. That is the will of God. It's between the soul and the prevailed is your name. Everybody say, my name. Everybody say, my name. Oh, where'd my time go? Well, it's good anyway. I'm fixing to leave so you can get mad at someone else. (laughs) Amen. I mean, I'm the pastor. I can do what I want to. (laughs) So David prevailed over the Philistine. We're almost finished. With a sling and a stone, smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took out his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head. What a victory. Everybody say, what a victory. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And all the men of Israel, they chased him, they destroyed him. Now listen to me. David just started out this day out in the pasture with a few sheep. 
Then he was called up to the house and delivered a, a, a cheese and, and, some, and some bread. See how his days, not, not some prophet, thus saith the Lord. You know, no, no word from God, none of that. Just, just being a good kid under parental uh, 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 authority. And the next thing you know, dad says, well, look, take, take my carriage. You know, get up there, check on your brother, see how they're doing. So he gets, to the, he gets to the battle and things begin to happen. All these different attributes of God begin to work in his life. Favor, promotion. We could, we could take those words and teach every angle about how that began to work in his life. It'll work in your life. When you become a person of faith and you begin to believe God and live by faith in every area of your life, you'll begin to see favor, you'll begin to see promotion, you'll be see, begin to see God's hand on your life and all kinds of things that you cannot make it happen for yourself, it'll start happening for you. But you've got to be bold enough to face the giant. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the, he's, he's, his brothers are there and he's getting the cheese out. He's cutting the bread. He's, he's making sure the carriage is with the keeper. And out comes this giant. And he starts making this demand. And he starts threatening the army. And they took off running. And he can see fear in their eyes. And he can see fear in his brother's eyes. And he can see fear in his king's eyes. And he realized this is a problem. We could all become slaves. If what this guy says is so, we could all be slaves. What's going to happen to daddy? Is there not a cause? What's going to happen to mama? What's going to happen to my sisters? Same thing's true of us. What's going to happen to our families, our friends, people that live around us in our neighborhoods? They're going to die and go to hell. We have to live for God. We have to live by faith. Amen? And then David steps up, makes his uh, announcement of his, of his faith and his coming, and there's immediately, immediate opposition to it. Blowback again. Are you crazy? Why do you go to that church? Why do you listen to those people that say those things? Why don't you know they're just brainwashing you? Well, you may need your brainwashed a little bit. A good scrubbing. The Bible calls it fuller's soap. A good scrubbing, a fuller's soap in your brain. And then, all of a sudden, he's standing in front of Saul. And he just speaks his faith. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. And God delivered me from the lion and the bear. And the same God will deliver this Philistine in my hand. And, 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 and Saul just stepped back and said, you're our only hope. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, uh, after he tried to you know, put all that arm on me, he took it off. He's, he's by himself now. It's just him. Just him and the giant. No army. No king. Just him and his giant. Him and the giant. Him and the giant. But there's a third person. God. God is walking with David. Well, God was not walking with Saul. God was not walking with the earth. God was walking with David. Amen. And he comes up there. He takes a stone and he puts it in a sling. He slings it. And man, he's a good shot. Boom. Hits him right between the eyes. Knocks him on the ground. But the problem was, if he gets up, it's going to be a problem. So he went on to that field of confrontation without the tools to complete the task. But on the field of confrontation was the provision of God in the sheath of Goliath. And he went over there and he stood on Goliath and he cut his head off. Now if you read down through the end of the chapter, David picked up that head. He began to walk around with that head. He put it in his tent. He went to Jerusalem with it, held it up. And the people would cry out, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Now that was an ugly thing. That, that gross head. The stump of a neck and whatever hanging off of there. And all of the grotesque. But it was not ugly to those Jewish people. Every time he held it up, they thought victory, 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 victory. Listen, it was a sign that confrontation had happened. And we have a sign that confrontation had happened. And, and, and it's called the cross. And he was wounded for our transgression. And he was bruised for our iniquity. And where David had a pretty good covenant, 
and operated in His covenant, we have a better covenant based on better promises. If David could kill a giant based on the blood of bulls and goats, which is put on an altar that just atoned for sins, but we have the blood of Jesus that remits our sins, we ought to be able to run through a troop and jump over a wall. And any giant that faces us, no matter how big it is, no matter what it is, we can make a decision. This giant's not going to stop me. Now, one thing and I'll close. The giant of your life, whether it be sickness, disease, poverty, lack, whatever it may be, in order for it to be defeated, it's going to have to hear your voice. Thank God for the voice of the preacher, on the radio, on a CD, on your iPod, on a thumb drive, but it's going to have to be your voice with the Word of God in your voice. And when your giant hears that, he's done. No matter how hard he wants to fight, no matter how big he may try to be, no matter how small you think you are, it does not matter. All you need is that stone, that rock of revelation on the inside of you of who you are, what you have, what you can do, and to step out in faith, which makes it all gel and operate in your life. And if you will do it, you will see the same kind of victory that David saw. Amen? Amen. You love the Lord. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your kindness. Lord, I pray over every person here today that is in a fight of faith, that is standing and believing that no matter how big the giant may be, he's beginning to teeter, he's beginning to fall. That that rock of revelation of Jesus' victory over our death, hell, and the grave will be sufficient to knock that adversary down on the ground and for us to rejoice in the victory of God. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise, Praise God. God. Father, thank you so much for today. Your rich anointing, your wonderful blessing, your awesome presence. Father, how can, we, how can we thank you? How can we thank you? You're so good. You're so kind. Father, we thank you also that you provide for us such wonderful protection. The world does not know it. The world does not have it. But we do, Lord. So over the congregation today, and Lord, we know there are some that are not here that couldn't be here this morning. So over everyone that calls Island Church its home church, we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We as your children walk upon serpents, scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, thank you that we're protected and blessed in the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, whether we work out in the ocean, up at UTMB, up in the petrochemical plants, whether we work in retail, construction, education, no matter what it may be, thank you that we're not subject to trauma, to terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High, blessed and protected by God. And Father, just as important, thank you for a door of utterance into our neighborhood, at our job, at our school, everywhere we go. Let us be a blessing to people. Let us be proclaimers of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, of His love and His mercy. Let us be a miracle in somebody's life, a problem to the devil, an answer to their prayers. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards You. We walk, toward, uh, walk in love toward one another. Thank You for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking You, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com.
www.thepowerofthenetwork.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.